Welcome to The Big Deal, where we'll unlock the details and drama behind the business of sport in Australia and around the world. Join me, Warren Treadray, along with Andrew Montessi, Dion Heyman and our expert guests as we take you into the boardroom for behind-the-scenes access and analysis of contracts, negotiations, endorsements and more. Don't forget to sign up at www.thebigdeal.au for a weekly wrap of the latest deals, breaking news and many more exclusive opportunities. Welcome to The Big Deal. I'm Andrew Montessi and we're continuing our series on the art of the deal, revealing what it really takes for a sports star and their agent to secure a lucrative contract. Welcome back to AFL legend Warren Treadray and top sports agent Marty Pask. Now, boys, I'm just going to get straight into it because because it's heating up. I can feel it. You know, Marty's got his game face on. Treaders is looking for cash as always. Mate, my expectations are through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) So we are talking about managing expectations and exchanging information. So Marty, what exactly is happening right now in the process? Yeah, so obviously we covered off on preparation and understanding it. Now, the key component to preparing is leading you to the next part, which is managing the expectation and exchanging that information. So you've got to be clear on exactly why you feel the market value is this and then have the ability to get the other person's point of view and see see it from that other person's point of view or their angle as well. So this is a really clear thing. So before you look too far ahead and you you want to go and have your, your coffees or your boardroom meetings or, or anything like that, you've got to be clear on the expectations of your client and then exchange the information with that client to make sure that, Treaders, I reckon this is what your value is. This is, I reckon, what we need to be able to do and then make sure that you're 100% comfortable before your agent goes in and asks for what you feel this market value is. Do you ever get questioned on that by your players? Absolutely. And I think a a player should always ask this question or anyone in a negotiation. It's no different to selling your house. So the real estate agent knocks on your door and says, right, I'm the guy for you. I can get you this much money. Why can you get me this much money? How do you know? How many bedrooms? How How many, the house up the road with the exact same amount of bathrooms, bedrooms, near the train station got this i can get you this you've got to be clear and you've got to give clear reasons and understanding as to why and then through that information and exchanging it you build trust and if you've got the trust then you should be in a real clear mindset to be able to go and execute players can be really unrealistic beasts and some can be probably like most in society most can be pretty realistic and fair and reasonable um you ever got to a stage where what you thought and what the player thought was so far apart and how did you break that down? Good question. Personally, I haven't got to the point where it's been astronomically different, no. Um, I feel that a lot of the time you do get clientele that will match your own own values and, and have that faith and that trust in, in you and, and what you can do. But I think it's important, again, Back to the first one, if you're prepared and you've got clear data to one, back up what you're saying, two, you've got an understanding of salary cap position, list management um, as well, then you should be in a strong position to then get them to understand where they are. And then three, you're looking at where, where that particular client fits 
in that particular list management salary cap piece and then market value. So there's obviously certain positions that uh, that that can be the unicorn. That can be there's maybe five of them in the whole entire competition. So managing expectation is easy. That that's just straightforward. It's like mate. You sit out here on your own. Every club would love one of you. The demands here. Then you probably got, you know, the the one the career that might go up and down. So some clubs will want a little bit of protection. So when they shoot the lights out, yeah, absolutely, we're going to pay you. But sometimes we're a bit inconsistent. So we went. We need some cover. So again, how do you protect that and manage that and give that person a clear um, safety blanket to understand that they're going to be okay. And then you've obviously got the person at the start of their career. Very hard. They come in, they're eager, they're getting games sometimes because their club's in a different position and they just feel getting you to 50 games is important. So that 50 games in the bottom four isn't as valuable as the 50 games in, in for a side in the top four. So you can hear inflated prices for draftees that might not necessarily... Uh, be appropriate for that player and he might have to bide his time a little bit more. So all that preparation and all that knowledge and all that understanding of what the market can do and and how it can go needs to be put forward to your client to manage the expectation, exchange the information um, and then make sure that each other can see it from each other's point of view. Do you have to under-promise in the hope that you can over deliver because I would imagine you would not want to be in a situation where you've you've pulled out a number and then you know the market has shifted or something's happened and you kind of go back with the tail between your legs and you say oh, actually mate it's a, it's a bit less than what I originally thought that wouldn't be a good situation to be in no way uh, I, I wouldn't want to find myself in in that at all um, and that is where your preparation's vital that you don't find yourself in a situation like that where you're going, mate, I, I reckon we should be shooting for this. And it's like, but what are you basing that on? How, how do you know that? Are you picking up the Herald Sun and thinking that's just what I should be shooting for? Or how do you know? Have you gone and spoken to three other clubs? Have you got players at other clubs in similar positions? Do you know that? How many contracts have you done like that before? All that information needs to be why I'm coming to you and saying, I believe you need to be in this range. A very good deal is this. A pass mark is this. And this is what potentially could happen if you leave. And if the player immediately says, well, I don't care about leaving, so we can just don't even don't even worry about that, then we know straight away we're dealing exclusively with the club. We know the pass mark's this, but we know, hey, this could get us to this, and that means we're happy with it. So conversations communication, exchanging information, vital because you're going to manage expectations well if you do it. Treaders, what's the uh, what's the intel like from the, the, the players' club room, so to speak? We kind of touched on it, but, you know, how much do the boys talk among the group and say, yep, yeah, I get paid this or I get paid that or my mate at the Bombers is getting paid this and, you know, we're sharing the data around and, and Marty's made this incredible case and he's he's gone Moneyball style. He's got all the data and he's got this beautiful presentation. And then old mate Treaders has chatted to his mates and said, well, actually, Marty, I reckon you're off the mark. I'm worth this. What's it like, Treaders, in terms of the sharing of information among players? 
Uh, they all want to know info, but not many give up much. The ones that give up much, everyone knows about it because it'll spread like wildfire. So <laughs> it, it's interesting because, it, you know, it's changed a bit since I played. I retired 2010, that's 12 years ago. It's a long time now. Free agencies kicked in. So I think anyone, I think it's fair to say both media and agents can pick up the phone to anyone and everyone knows how Brisbane did the deal to get to Essendon. Oh, sorry, Brisbane got uh, Danaher to get from Essendon to Brisbane. Um, they know what Carl Amon's earning after leaving Port Adelaide, you know, because it, it fits in. Whilst they might not know the exact amount, they've got a fair idea. So I think information is more freely around than ever before. But the reality of where it sits is you can say someone's getting this, someone's getting that. But if unless you're a, key pos- a very, very elite key position player, an elite midfielder, you're not going to get top dollar. I know that sounds, you know, we can look at Ruckman. You know, when Brody Grundy signs his monstrous deal, he's the most valuable, arguably the best Ruckman in the comp with Gorn. And in the space of two years, it's now Ruckman aren't as valuable because they've got a guy who's doing it for cheaper, for less, if you know what I mean. And now they can move picks on. So I think the biggest bit for me is the exchange of information and the reliance and the relationship with your manager and to stay that, hey, Hold them to account because let's face it, Marty touched on it before. The player's employing the manager. The manager is holding your hand and helping you, and you are super reliant on because let's face it, you go into the system as a 17 year old straight out of school. You've got mum and dad, you probably have a family accountant. They haven't done any sportsman's averaging or anything like that over the journeys um, with the taxation and FBT taxes and all this sort of stuff. It gets very complex very quickly. So for me, probably my question to Marty is I was someone who wanted to know everything. That necessarily wasn't always the case because my manager was smart in giving me the information he thought I needed. If I needed to kick up the bum to play really well and to, you know, when the club's trying to, you know, pay you less and get you to sign and make you commit, you know, you, you learn a lot of strength through it. So for my, my question to him is the exchange of information, is it always 100% or do you have to gauge that as to what your player you think is capable of hearing and, and understanding and dealing with? Well, exactly right. Everyone's different in terms of, I think the exchanging of information is important. I think you should always be open and honest, but I think it's what your client hears, so yeah. which is which is important just as much as what, what you tell them. So The club said, you need to do what? They said, what? <laughs> yeah, it, exactly right. And, and you could be so fixated just on that one thing. It doesn't matter what else you say thereafter that you might say that you do 5,000 other things really well, but the one thing that I've got to do yeah. better is the one that I'm hanging on to. So you got to be clear on all that. And I think that, and, and for, for me personally, back to the values piece we touched on in the first one is that an agent don't stick your nose in where, where it doesn't need to be. So you don't need to get involved in list management and what, what else they're doing. You don't need to get involved in selection match committee, um, all this sort of thing. That's none of your business. Um, that, that's not where you play. So you play where your player needs to know the information to help them navigate the system. So that's the most important part to touch on what you were saying. So if there's a piece about the coach or if there's a piece about where I'm playing, that's between player and coach. That's got to that's that's got to be a conversation to encourage your player to go and find. We talk about information. Go and find out why I'm being moved, or go and find out what's going on, and and then come back to me, and then I'll I'll help you digest the information 
the best I can do. And if you need me there, I'm, I'm happy to be an extra fly on the wall to, to witness both parties. But I think the key thing there is don't stick your nose in where it's not wanted for a start and make tensions um, heighten. Make sure you're giving the right information. And if there's anything that's borderline not your responsibility as an agent, um, when you're managing this expectation, you've got to encourage the right conversations for your client to have it with the decision maker that's helping or, or hindering or delaying the negotiation and then give the right advice from there. I mean, this is one for both of you, but how does the media influence here? Because we read the headlines and and let's be honest, the, the numbers aren't necessarily accurate or they don't tell the, the full picture about how a contract is actually going to play out and where things are at. But, you know, the players are reading it and people are talking about it. Um, maybe starting with you, Marty, how have you seen media influencing this uh, stage of managing expectations? Well, it's different now because, I mean, you get a top 50 paid players in the game or, or whatever it is now that gets sent out and uh, the figures the figures are actually are out there. So they give you ranges in terms of what players are on and, and, and you know, that, that can contribute. Um, I think the one that Tred has just mentioned earlier about the boys in the change room, um, you know, sometimes it's like having the auntie in the family. You know that she's the one you go and tell the information to and it gets around the family in two minutes. Um, that's, that's, that's another scenario that can, that can play out. Before you know it, it's, it's everywhere. Um, I guess some like to use media and other variables as tactics. Um, I, I think personally... The key thing that I always like is I know what the value is. I mean, I've been doing it for 14 years. I, I, I know exactly why this is the figure it is, and I'm going to give you a clear understanding as to why. And I don't need somebody else or a paper or, or you know, someone else to tell me. And you've just got to believe and back the fact in. And, and I think honesty and credibility in the industry and having good dealings and good relationships is going to serve you far, far better than going around back doors and sideways conversations. In, in my view, I think that knowledge is power in any industry you're in and the better people with the better knowledge are going to be able to provide their clients with better information that's going to serve them well. Yeah, I, I have to, I agree with everything you said there. Um, and I think from a player's perspective, I know they don't want it, but we look at what happens in America. You would take away that reporting and fake reporting and speculated reporting and, oh, is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? Can't believe he signed for this. If we actually revealed financially what players were earning. And I've always been someone who has said, really, it's none of their business. But post-football, maybe it's because I worked in media and I'm now not involved in it. But I look back at my career and I go, you know what, if I was actually earning – showed to earn what I was doing. I don't think I'd have much complaint. You know, I think I was performing. Yeah, there'd be complaint once I got injured and I was still getting paid really well. But I think people would have to understand that you signed that deal before you're injured. Um, so I think that would take a lot of it out. Um, I just don't think we're really mature enough as an industry for everyone to understand that because it, it's easy for me as a player and players to sit there and whinge about the media and da, 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 but they don't know the figures and they're trying to get an idea or a ballpark. Uh, so... If you wanted to take that away and take that external pressure away, well, 
you'd just be dealing with straight facts and straight realities. Um, so I think, as we say, with all that sort of stuff, the, the exchanging of information and reported, it's speculated, reported, it's speculated this. Now, we all know a ballpark what someone's going to be earning, but reality is also, too, a lot of the media for people who haven't actually played in the industry and have close contacts inside club list management or managers, they're just making it up. So I don't think that helps anything apart from sell papers. And that just puts undue pressure on players. Yeah, I agree. And I look at some other systems around the world, like, you know, the, the American system, which everyone wants to always use as the yardstick. Like you look at guys that it's a, just a completely different market and it's it's an entertainment market. There's 250 million people for a start. There's a lot more money in it. Um, so... But they also have their issues. I mean, you look at the Russell Westbrook situation this year at the LA Lakers. I mean, he's arguably their highest, I think he is off the top of my head, the highest paid player. 47 million owed this year, I think I read yesterday. And it's like it's his fault. Playing unbelievably well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's turned it around. And uh, I mean, I, I just, look, at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook doesn't sit there and jump up and down and say, I want $47 million. Someone determined his value. Someone negotiated the collective bargaining agreement for the the NBA players. There was a there was a roster manager over there, which they called the GM. He's come up. He's gone to his agent and said, "We're giving him the max contract." And you reckon Russell Westbrook's fault for signing it? Do you? It was Oklahoma, wasn't it? It was Oklahoma, and thankfully enough, they gave us Paul George at the LA Clippers. And that's another story. But I've got – and look at me. I've got Kawhi Leonard. We're paying a bloke 30-odd million dollars to, to be load managed. Like, But anyway, it's a, it's a whole different market. And you're right. I mean, the maturity level wavers over there um, where they've been probably used to it from, you know, Magic Johnson days. Um, I, I, I don't know how we're going to do it over here, to be honest. Well, thank you, boys. It's another cracking episode in our Art of the Deal series. Uh, We're going to continue with part three in the next episode. So listeners, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and join our community at www.thebigdeal.au. Before you go, don't forget to join our community by subscribing for free at www.thebigdeal.au and get a weekly email bringing together the hottest sports deals, breaking sports biz news as it happens, and much more. Join me at www.thebigdeal.au.